the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, August the 22nd, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1787, inventor John Fitch demonstrated his steamboat on the Delaware River to delegates from the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia. He said he thought he was on to something here, and they did too. Well, the steamboat became a fixture for a number of years on the rivers of America. Today in 1910, Japan annexed Korea. That remained, they remained under Japanese control until the end of World War II. I can tell you by having spent a lot of time in Korea, there are lingering, um, there's lingering animosity among some of the Korean people toward the Japanese control during that period of time. They tore down a lot of buildings and rebuilt them with Japanese architecture rather than Korean and so on. Today in 1989, Black Panther's co-founder, Huey Newton, he was shot to death in Oakland, California. Today in 1992, on the second day of the Ruby Ridge siege in Idaho, I mentioned this yesterday, the siege began yesterday in 1992, and I I commented just off the cuff yesterday that I thought that... um, his Randy Weaver's wife had also been killed. Well, she was. She was killed today, the second day of that siege. Vicki Weaver um, was uh, shot by an FBI sharpshooter on today in 1992. Today in 1996, President Bill Clinton signed welfare legislation that ended guaranteed cash guaranteed cash payments. Um, didn't matter about their poverty. They had to work to get the money. Today in 2000, Publishers Clearinghouse agreed to pay $18 million to 24 states and the District of Columbia to settle allegations that it had used deceptive promotions in its sweepstakes mailings. Hey, do you ever get those calls that says this is Clearinghouse and you've won, you know, I don't know, X millions of dollars or whatever? And all we need is your information, you know, like your like your name, address, and social security number or something. Do you get those? I get those calls all the time. I don't know how they get my number, but I, I just constantly get those calls that I've won. I'm, uh, you've won, you know, the prize or whatever. So I, I can believe that uh, somebody in those states uh, filed lawsuits and so on or pushed the state to do so. Today in 2003, Alabama's Chief Justice Roy Moore was suspended for his refusal to obey a federal court order to remove the Ten Commandments on the monument from the rotunda of the courthouse in Alabama. Fast forward 20 years to 2023. The battle is more intense than ever. Those were the days when they were beginning to take action against any Christian um you know, expression in public places. But uh, now it has continued and it's gotten worse. 
as we know. And speaking of things getting worse, President Joe Biden, he and Jill got on their plane, Air Force One, and left their vacation at Lake Tahoe yesterday and flew to Maui. Weeks after the fire. Joe Biden sort of ignited a little bit of a fire himself while he was there. He often does this with his words or lack thereof. But he was comparing the Hawaiian blaze that killed at least 114 so far, and they say there are many more, that they may never find their remains. But at least 114. He, he was likening the loss of 114 lives to a kitchen fire in his house after he had made a stupid comment about how hot the ground was when he was standing by that banyan tree in downtown Maui there. He and his wife, Jill, spent five hours on Maui yesterday interrupting their Lake Tahoe vacation. They flew to Hawaii. They spent five hours there, and then they returned. The president was met with signs demanding he go home, placards asking why Ukraine was receiving billions while they were in dire need. He's speaking at the charred ruins of that banyan tree, which I guess to some of the local, the indigenous, it's kind of a religious tree. It's certainly old. It's historic. Biden talked about the death of his wife at a car crash. Then he made a joke about how hot the ground was that he was standing on. I mean, why does he do this? It's an embarrassment to the country. Even if he doesn't have the capacity to know he should be embarrassed about saying and doing some of the things he does, you you would think he could at least give some thought to the country, to America. Boy, it sort of reflects on the people who gave him that office too, doesn't it? He compared a small kitchen fire at his home in Delaware 19 years ago to the devastation in Lahaina where the city, you've seen the pictures, the city is laid bare. I mean, it's just charred. I mean, it's just foundations mostly and some structure out of metal that's melted and bent but didn't burn and incinerate. But he was telling the victims there that he has a sense of what it was like to lose a home. He hasn't lost a home to fire. He said, I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a a little sense, Jill and I, I'm quoting him now, what it's like to lose a home. He said, to make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my Corvette, and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters the way they responded, and they ran into the flames to save my wife and save my family. Not a joke, he said. Well, what he's referring to, and I looked it up. I knew, I mean, I know the incident, but I looked it up to be sure because I wanted to quote it. The Associated Press published an article in August, August 2nd, 2004. They talked about where they reported on the fire that had happened at Senator Joseph Biden's home. They called it a small fire. That's their words. And they said it was contained to the kitchen. And they said it was under control in 20 minutes. The fire fire company chief said that, and it was quoted by Associated Press. Here's what the article said in part. I'm reading right from the article. 
that that refers to his losing his home story in Hawaii. Associated Press said lightning struck the home of Senator Joseph Biden starting a small fire that was contained to the kitchen. No one was injured in Sunday's fire, which started amid a storm that caused serious flooding in Pennsylvania, knocked out power to hundreds of Delaware homes and businesses. Firefighters arrived to find heavy smoke coming from the house, but were able to keep the flames from spreading beyond the kitchen, said Cranston Heights Fire Company Chief George Lambor. Luckily, he said, we got it pretty early. The fire was under control in 20 minutes. Now, there are 850 people still unaccounted for as of yesterday in Maui. And this mayor, Richard Bisson, or Bisson, he posted yesterday on Facebook, he said, so far 115 have been confirmed dead. And he went on to say that there are probably remains in some of the structures, former structures, that they have not yet been able to search you know, thoroughly. And he said some some remains may never be found because of the intensity of the fire. And the President of the United States it flies on Air Force One to Hawaii, to Maui, and is telling those people about a kitchen fire and trying to identify with them. That is the most pathetic thing. I, I Does he not have any common sense? It's an embarrassment. It should be an embarrassment to the people who put him in office, too. It truly, truly should. Are you aware of the C40 Cities Climate Plan? It isn't getting a lot of press, top-level press, but they're working diligently to advance this thing. The reason I know they're working diligently is because they're denying that they're doing so. They've now switched from making it as a sort of the plan for the next step, the social reconstruction of America and the world. They've now switched to, well, these are just suggestions. When somebody turned on the light a little bit and looked at it, I want to turn on the light further. If you're not aware of this, you should be. This is not on the margin. These are major players that are talking about this, discussing it, and formulating this plan to save the planet. But it's also a plan to gain power and to redistribute wealth globally, not just in our country, but beginning in our country. A, a report was published back in 2019, and it was re-emphasized this year. In other words, they've brought it back in 2023. And they've changed it a little bit, but not much. But now they have got, they feel like they have their ducks in a row, apparently, and they think they can push this through. And it recommends that by 2030, this seven years from now, we will not be permitted to eat meat or dairy products. We will be limited to three items of new clothing per year, one airplane flight every three years. I'm not kidding you. These guys are doing this. I mean, trying to do it. They're trying to get it in place. It will start in countries that consume the most. Does America come to mind? A social revival of sorts is underway because this is a deadly plan that they say will, solve, will save the planet. At least 14 cities 
have already signed on to this plan. I'll tell you what they are in a minute. Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before others, before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That was one of the main things that Jesus said in his discord in Matthew discourse in chapter 5. Everything he said was very important. But he said, ye are the light of the world. You are the city that is set on a hill. It cannot be hid if you live your life. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but they put it on a candlestick. It's becoming more and more difficult today to put our faith on a candlestick. There's a, there's a sense today that from the time of Roy Moore and the removal of the Ten Commandments 20 years ago to today, it is intensified. It is not easy to be a Christian in America as it has been from the days of our founding. It's becoming more difficult if you truly are a biblical Christian. If you are Christian in name only, and yet you follow and you adjust to the ways of the world and the culture of the world, perhaps not so much difficulty. But if you try to live your life as a biblical Christian, there's resistance to that, and it's growing resistance. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Glorify your Father. Daniel, in Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, wrote a verse that I think many of us are familiar with. And, th and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. That's what the gospel is all about. That's what Christianity is all about. Christianity has been, has become many things to many people, but Christianity is really about telling the world that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of the living God. He is God in the flesh. He came to save us from our sins. That is the message. That is what Christianity is really all about. It's not necessarily about social justice. That is an outgrowth of our faith in Jesus Christ. Our transformation, once I was blind, but now I see, kind of an experience. By accepting Christ as our personal Savior, asking him to forgive us of our sins, because he alone can forgive sins. And he will, and he does. He died and rose from the dead so that he could forgive us of our sins. That's the message that the world needs to hear any time in history, but particularly in our times. That is the answer to all of the stuff that's going on in our world. The confusion, the deception, the debauchery. The murder of young, unwanted, unborn children, and on and on and on. The answer is not more programs, not more government, not some guy with a new idea. 
The answer is Jesus Christ. So this social revival is kind of underway to save the planet. The 14 cities, and there are more signing up as we speak. But it's all based on this plan, this future of urban consumption in a 1.5 degree centigrade world. That's the name of the report. I wrote an article on this today on our website, faithandfreedom.us. And you go on, go, be sure it's .us because there's other organizations now. That there weren't when we started the, the, the website a number of years ago. I think it was 2003 or four, something like that. And there weren't that many. A lot of them have come into being since then. So it's .us. But um, on there, I've put links to and sourced what I'm talking about right now. The, uh, this report sets targets for cities to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions. And this, they say, is consistent with the 2015 Paris Agreement uh, ambitions, the accords. That's what Trump took us out of and then Biden put us back into immediately. But this report aims to quantify and then suggest ways that city leaders can reduce consumption-based emissions. In other words, reduce what you and I consume whether it's food or clothes or travel or whatever it is. The Federalist wrote an article about this yesterday, and they said 14 major cities are part of a globalist climate organization known as C40, Cities Climate Leadership Group. They say that's an ambitious target by the year 2030 of zero kilograms of meat consumption, zero kilograms of dairy consumption, three new clothing items per person per year, zero private vehicles owned, and one short-haul return flight less than 1,500 kilometers every three years per person. This is from this document. The C40's dystopian ideas and their goals are found in the future of urban consumption in a 1.5 degree centigrade world. I link that on our article today on our website. You can check it out. It's kind of lengthy and it goes into all this stuff. But I, this this is not light stuff. This is heavy stuff. And these guys are pretty serious about doing this. The guy, the one person behind it, but there are several other, and their names we know. But the one guy that's really driving this is, is a Democrat billionaire, Michael Bloomberg. And I mean, he's all in on this thing. But nearly 100 cities across the world make up this organization, and its member, uh, American members include Austin, Texas, Boston, Chicago, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, New Orleans, New York, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Portland, Oregon, not Portland, Maine, Portland, Oregon, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and Seattle. They're the leaders in this. Portland, Seattle, I promise you, San Francisco is are waiting with their pen in hand to join this group and, and other cities as well, but certainly the West Coast will be well represented. When a major pushback began, as people began to become aware of this effort, the activists tried to find cover. 
That's why I'm talking about it today, because all of a sudden they've taken a step back and they've said, well, we're just making suggestions. We're not necessarily mandating this. Well, they have no power to mandate it anyway. So that should be a redundant statement. I mean, it's unnecessary. They don't have to tell us they don't have power. They don't have power unless we give it to them. In fact, our government, our government's power, according to the founding fathers and the founding documents, exists because we gave it to them. That whole notion isn't faring so well with some of the people we have in office now, is it? But the paragraph from the original document here, the future of urban consumption, so on, says this report does not advocate for the wholesale adoption of these more ambitious targets in C40 cities. Rather, they are included to provide a set of reference points that cities and other actors can reflect on when considering different emission reduction alternatives and long-term urban visions. So when they felt the pressure, they backed off a little bit of this four-year-old plan from originally published in 2019, and now they're saying, well, th- these are suggestions. I mean, we're just suggesting ways in which the leaders of these cities. Well, I mean, think of the mayors of these cities. Look what they have done to the cities already because of lack of leadership. Do you think they're going to go along with this? Of course they are. They'll try it. Why not? It'll save the earth. And it might ensconce me in a perpetual power position somehow, some way in this new world order that they're trying to create. This paragraph, though, is likely included in the report as a liability in the case of a pushback. And that's exactly what has happened. It seems to directly contradict the meaning. They use the word target all the time. They're targeting this, targeting that. Well, I mean, that is a desired goal. If you're targeting something, the target of eliminating meat and dairy and private vehicles by 2030, it's based on a future vision of resource-efficient production and extensive changes in super choices. They don't want you to live a free life. They want to be at the top of the pyramid, and they want to live a free life and have liberty and freedom and so on, and wealth and power. When guys like Bloomberg amass billions of dollars in wealth, the only thing they they sometimes can't buy is the power, and they want the power. And that's what this is all about. These, the authors of this clearly want to bring about control of people. If these were not their goals, they wouldn't have labeled them their ambitious targets and or ambitious targets repeatedly. But it's not really about climate. It's about climate is the cloak that they put over this. It's really about globalism. And it's about, as I said, personal power. In 2020, the World Economic Forum, you know that, those group, they fly in in their jets and talk about how to save the earth from CO2 and blah, blah, blah. They do it, you know, they do it every year. And that Claus guy, he gets up and he talks about how they're going to reorder the world and everything. And these are the richest people in the world. I mean, they represent a, a fair percentage of global wealth. There's four, five, six hundred of them, whatever. They fly into Davos and they have their meeting every year and they talk about it and so on. Well, it's that World Economic Forum. But they plainly stated in 2016, they put out a promotional video 
and it was entitled by 2030, which is obviously a reflection from this paper, this document that we're talking about. And on the video, and I included that video in my article today on FedFaithInFreedom.us. In the video, it's just a short video, but they say on this video, it's from World Economic Forum, they say, you'll own, by 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. And that's kind of the theme of the world. That's the theme of secularism. That's the theme of a secular world view that is absent of the, the essence of God's word and, and the power of God's word. And it, it's, a, it's a hollow kind of, it, kind of document. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. There's a thread of truth in that because material things don't make you happy. You can not own something and be happy, but these guys are coming from a leftist view, a cultural Marxist view. Right now, hedge funds and private billionaires are buying up residential homes and farmland all over the world while they're telling you to own nothing. They are. It's documented. At the same time, these unrealistic zero-emission policies are impoverishing Western people in the Western world. They're annihilating the middle class. They're fueling reliance on centralized government. Centralized government as in globalism. Climate activists are also advocating climate lockdowns the same way they were with COVID lockdowns. Ideas are floated for a climate lockdown have ranged from shuttering people in their homes, restricting air, air travel, to providing a universal basic income. And we have people in our government that are talking about this universal basic income so they can control, introducing a maximum income level. The suggestions get worse. They get more weird. This guy, this Dr. Matthew Leo, and again, it's in my piece on our our website. He's also discussing, he's the, the main bioethicist with the World Economic Forum. And um, he's talking about, he's discussing with them, shrinking the physical size of humans via eugenics or home, hormone injections so they consume fewer resources. I'm not kidding you. These guys are seriously talking about this. And who would care? I wouldn't give them the time of day, except they're so wealthy and so organized. And they're talking about this. Where does this climate dystopian end? We're experiencing the consequences of worshiping the created rather than the creator. They're using this earth worship called climate change or climate crisis they're using that as a guise to advance globalism, a one-world order. That's what they want. That's what they hope for. That's what they desire. That's what's happening in our world today. These are the signs of our times. What should we do as Christians living in these times? Jesus was pretty clear in Matthew chapter 24, verses 5 through 8, he gives us important clues for discerning the approach of the end times. He said, many will come in my name, claiming I am Christ, and so on. He said, all of these are the beginning of birth pains. We're living in a time of birth pains. 
There will be an increase in false messiahs, an increase in warfare, increases in famines and plagues and natural disasters. This doesn't mean, he said, it is the end. It means we are approaching the end. So look up. Your redemption draws nine. Thank you for your support. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.